This is the show. Dun, 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 dun. This, this will never air. You are the wonder yak. I have enjoyed uh, some of your tweets. Oh, thank you. Your your avatar, even though it is um, not a face, uh, brings a smile to mine. Yeah. <laughs> I have some really nice uh, <clears throat> art, like line, line drawing things that I got off of... Uh, I don't know if it was Etsy or somewhere else. And one of them is the the nuts and gum can. <laughs> together at last. Together at last. Nothing better than nuts and gum together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What kind of nuts and what kind of gum? That's the question. Cashews and uh, watermelon gum. Oh, okay. I'll go with that. So you get some, you know, nutty grit in your gum. <laughs> I'm looking at your Tumblr and I'm just terrified at one of these little things you posted in the face. The, the Willem Dafoe gif. It's pretty, it's pretty wonderful. <laughs> oh boy. Hope I don't have a dream about that. Let's see. Frightening. That's pretty good. You know, I've been thinking a lot about um, people who tell stories in in Vine videos and how short you can make a story and how like economical your storytelling can be how short you can actually get an entire story in six seconds but it's interesting you just have to imply a lot of context yeah have you ever seen those horror stories in one line posts oh yeah 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 like like world's shortest horror story kind of thing yeah so i was going to ask andrew how your book sales are doing um, if they're poor, then I can just cut this out. You don't want to talk <laughs> about it. They're not that great, to be honest. It's it's tough. It's it's gonna be better when I have the third book out, uh, which I'm already forty thousand words into. That's a good conversation topic, but it's it's been it's been tough. Um, I did. Uh, I hired a professional illustrator, which I don't know if I don't know if you're following that. I posted some of those things. So I have a brand new cover for both books and, uh, for actually I ended up updating everything. Uh, that guy was really great. And, um, and then I did a book of the day promo on September 21st, which was pretty good. Didn't quite make my money back on it, but it was, it was a really good thing to kind of jumpstart things. So I'm experimenting a lot with different, uh, prices and different marketing things and, but it's it's really goes to show like you can be a creative person, but if you don't know how to deliver the value you create, like if you kind of like everybody kind of has to be a little bit of a marketer these days if they're solo. Yeah. I wish that wasn't the case, but it, it's hard to be savvy at that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the last um, the la- I want to say the last well, the last year especially has been me putting more time into getting to getting better at that and learning about it and, you know, talking to other authors. And I did a couple interviews, uh, for my somewhat dormant podcast where I interviewed other, other creative people. And that that was a good thing, but, but it's, it's, I've been thinking a lot about focus lately and, you know, what I want to focus on in terms of, uh, projects because projects don't, just welcome back to back to work um projects don't just take they don't just take time something i've been thinking a lot about recently is projects take mental ram which is i think more scarce for me 
than even time. Because it's one thing to like be be scheduling things really well and be really good about that. But at some point, like you kind of got to give your brain like a little bit of time to not to not be thinking about any project if you can if you can manage it. I, I suspect know. it kind of depends on your personality type, too. That's true. It's true. But it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, I've just realized that I, you know, it's like the, the old saying is what makes Apple great? you know, or what makes any company great is the focus that they have. They want to like solve these, like these three problems, you know, and they relentlessly say no to all these things so they can say yes to the one thing they really want to kick, kick butt at. So one thing I liked was, uh, Marco Armand talked about like his strategy for doing things and it was like, do one hard thing and make all the rest easy. Oh, I really like that philosophy. So I understand the one hard thing, but what would be an example of the rest that would be easy? Oh, I don't know. Things that you're used to doing, things that are are busy work or things that you could expand upon or improve later, but um, you don't maybe don't need to in your first iteration. So, you know, somewhere down the line, you can make improving something the hard thing that you do. Oh, okay. So you could like even adopt that posture with, if the same project, but just different stages of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that something he looks at like on a day to day basis or does he look at that? Like, you know, he picks one hard project for the year. Um, like what kind of like, I think it was more in the context of uh, when he's trying to develop a new idea, um, you know, a new app or something, he'll do one mm-hmm. hard thing and then uh, make the rest, you know, kind of easy to do so that he can concentrate on the one hard thing. Okay. That's a very interesting way to uh, to look at that. I'll have to think about that. Making the rest easy to do. Or at least doing things that play to your strengths and focusing on the one. Maybe that's right. another, that's a rephrasing of the problem, like focusing on the one thing that's a challenge and really, you know, killing it. But only doing I'll one of those at a time. Mm, so you don't I'm get a trying to do- You know what? or you know two because you'll split your concentration and if you're doing something that's very hard for you you need to really you know focus and concentrate and it's hard to to split your your brain power across uh, yeah. many different things i think i think you i think you uh, are absolutely right and that's it's uh yeah i'm, I'm glad you mentioned that it's like basically another yeah, it goes it goes right along with what I was was saying. I had not read. Is that, is that a blog post? Maybe we should add it to show notes. It might have been in, in built and analyzed at some point. Oh well, back in the yeah, long time ago. Long, long time ago. He's a super smart guy, and uh, it's it's interesting to see him speak about you know what he's doing and his he's yeah. You know, it's 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 interesting to it's always fun to listen to people who are good at what they do talk about what they do. Mm. I I love that. Yes. But uh it kind of reminds me what you said reminds me of something that I don't know if you guys have read anything that Steve Pavlina has written. He's basically like a personal growth writer and how to, you know, you do better work, be more productive but also like be happier in life in general. And uh, just kind of grow as a person over time. And one of his, uh, one of his like little things is try not to work on more than one area of your life at a time. 
which I think is pretty smart. Like some people like wake up, you know, like January 1st, New Year's resolutions. I'm going to fix everything in one week. And it's like, uh, well, you have a brain that works on habits. <laughs> it's like trying to lose weight. You know, you got to do it a little bit at a time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's a war of attrition. Always come, you know, it's like a, a lesson I learned back when <clears throat> I used to get, like, I had a subscription to a model car thing where you could, like, build models and, or even something like buying a big Lego set. You know, you, there's thousands of pieces and there's all these things you have to put together and you want to get it done, but, mm. um, you can either rush into it and do a crappy job or you can follow everything step by step and it's all outlined, you know, box one, do this, box two, <laughs> do this. And if you look at everything like that, you know, you can just kind of take one step at a time and things get a lot less overwhelming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something I have to say to people close to me <laughs> a lot sometimes be like, you have to take it one day at a time. And I, have to, and I'm saying it to myself too. It's really good advice. I think that's another way of putting that, right? Like you can, it's step by step, but you can also look at it as, you know, each day is a step and then you're yeah, like, Yeah, but sometimes, you know, even a day can be overwhelming. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And take it, take it like hour by hour, <laughs> minute by minute, whichever you need. Yeah. 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 The breaking stuff up into steps has been really helpful to me. I have like a long-term master plan. It's literally an RTF file called Master Plan in all caps. It's it's really it's really really over the top. It's so over the top. You got to do that. Occasionally, you have to name files in all caps just to make it very clear to your computer. This needs to be in all caps. <laughs> Too bad you can't bold file names. Oh, I'm so glad you can't bold file names. <laughs> my, my my finder would be so. Did you ever um, listen to the Back to Work where Merlin's talking about um, how he deals with text and how he has thousands upon thousands of little TXT files and he has them all in Envy Alt? Yeah. That's amazing. I'm not sure I I can achieve that (laughs) level of file management, let alone idea management. He he has a, taxon- a taxonomy that like blows my brain. He like he, he I think he has like the date inside of the, the 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 name of the file and all this stuff, and it's super organized. But then I think like I mean I'm a guy who comes up with ideas. I usually throw them in Reminders app because I'm on the go. But like I can't I I I want to know where a thousand different text files comes from. Like is that just like every they, are they all short? Have you thought about this? Am I the only person who thinks this is like amazing? Like how, how do you end up with thousands of text files that you're all kind of referencing all the time? I don't understand that and I don't, and that's okay, but I'm just, I'm Well, trying. that's why that wouldn't work for me because I just can't wrap my head around that. Yeah. I think having a bunch of text files with one or two sentences in it would just drive me nuts. Yeah. Do you use NVAlt or uh, no. the other one, Notational Flow? Yeah. No. It's pretty good for um for just like shooting like bouncing text off an iOS device back to a computer. I'm uh-huh. I'm a recent adopter of iOS. I actually got my first iPhone a few weeks ago. Oh, let's talk about this. It's been a time. It's been it's been a time. Now you are you coming from um like a rotary phone or like an Android phone or like a like a Motorola Razor? Like what what are you coming from? 
Um, uh, Nexus Five. Okay, that's pretty yeah, good. I've, I've been a uh, a big supporter of Android for a long time. I just kind of didn't like uh, the way iOS did things, and they, mm-hmm. they've, you know done some things to improve that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I have I have a lot of sympathy for um and or I should say empathy for people who don't like the way that iOS does things, and and I I, I see the benefit of both sides, but what has that been like in terms of uh, in terms of adapting to it? Has it been more challenging than you expected to get used to this other way of doing things, kind of different, or has it been uh, has it been easier, a little harder? What's it been it's like? It's been it's been frustrating. And I'm not sure half the time whether I'm doing something wrong. I'm expecting something to happen that isn't happening or, (laughs) you know, my mental model is wrong or if I'm just encountering a bug because there's Mm. lots of those too. Yeah, they just did. Well, so if you just got a phone, you're on, you're on iOS 9.0 or 902, 902, 902.1.0. <laughs> nice. I earned a bell. First bell of the show. Episode. I had, I had a birthday recently and apparently there's a bell in the mail on the way. I, I had a birthday recently and somebody sent me a bell for my birthday. They said it's coming. I don't have a bell. So everyone needs a bell. I know. And that's why I was on my Amazon wish list. So I'm like, I'm really happy I have a bell coming. But so so like what is the big I haven't used Android very much. It, what is the big like is there a huge like is there like a really a super duper different way of thinking about things? Yes. What's what's the weirdest like difference? I guess would be so, I think it'd be interesting to talk about. So on on iOS you've got Springboard, right? And mm-hmm. that's kind of like your home screen and all the attached doodads that fly in from sides of the screen via gestures. Mm-hmm. On Android you've got a launcher system and the system, you know, there's a stock Google experience launcher, and then there are third-party launchers you can buy or install that have lots of oh. other features. So there's no, like, monolithic grid of here's where all of your apps, I, app icons live, uh-huh. and they all look the same, and they all, like, have the same font, and blah, 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 blah. You know, sometimes uh-huh. I get really lost looking for something because it's like the opening the fridge and forgetting where, what you were looking for problem. So you I, you know, get I'm, that on Springboard? Oh, yeah. I'm looking for something. I get distracted by, oh, here's this other app, <laughs> and I wanted to do something in there. And, oh, there's a red badge here. I should take care of that. The design is just too beautiful. You have to touch all the icons. No. So, <laughs> so on Android, you can, you can put the app icons anywhere you'd like on this grid. They're not all like right. sorted to the top and left. So you can put them anywhere you like. <gasps> Oh, so you're saying like they don't have to start, they don't like it snap to the top. Like you could be like, okay, I want the Google app to be in the top right always and I want this to be in the bottom right. You're saying there's a little more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's widgets which live on the launcher. So um, Mm. there's like a search widget or a weather widget or something. You know, it's right there on your screen all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're going to do like Ahoy Telephone, you can do it right from there. You don't have to hold a button. You don't have to swipe anything. You just say Ahoy Telephone and off it goes. I'm really hoping at some point that there will be an an AI-esque system that gets activated by saying Ahoy Telephone. 
<laughs> and then and then you know in the, in the future people are playing these shows and they're like oh this is fine this is before this was invented and somebody's like ahoy telephone it's like ah and all these new devices start flaring up but that's that's just my daydream it's probably just for nautical devices <laughs> <laughs> where would you like to put the ship cut that out so I did, I did not realize that there was so much uh, flexibility with the and you can have alternate springboards Right. For the lack of a better term, in an Android. And, you know, there's ones that emulate other operating systems. Like you could have a, a launcher that looks like Windows Mobile or whatever else. Hmm. It's very you flexible. Get like, like all, it's got all the squares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like live hmm. tiles. Live tiles. It sounds so sexy. Live tiles. But the, uh, the app experience is just so much better on iOS. And I really? have to think, yeah, I have to think it's because just because of the tooling. I mean, the you know, building something the SDK? in SDK, yeah, building something in Xcode versus building something in, you know, Eclipse or Android Studio yeah. or something. It's just it's they're miles apart. Yeah. Well, Inter- maybe, interface builder I, is really nice. Yeah, it is really nice. I used to taste. <laughs> I'm not a programmer, but you want to hear the terrible way I used to use interface builder. I, I used to take apps that I didn't like the the way that they were laid out, and I would just take their was it nibs? I would take their nib. It sounds kind of dirty. I take their nib and I would like edit it. <laughs> Got your nib, and I would move buttons around and I would do things and um, and I could do that and I didn't even. I'm not even a programmer, and that's that's kind of amazing to be able to change the UI of something, um, and still have the program work. And not have to, yeah. That's my experience with limited experience with Interface Builder. But I mean, uh, even Google's apps are seem much nicer on iOS. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, not even withstanding like the the issues Android has with fragmentation and like a thousand different devices and a thousand different screen sizes. You know, these things make my life hell as a web developer. But um, yeah. Yeah, you're responsible as as a web guy. You're responsible for the responsive design of those. Yeah, they it's, kinda... it's hard fighting the line between wanting things to work everywhere and working with designers or working with a client and trying to mm. make everyone happy. Mm. Yeah, I think I think if I was a in a, in a you know web developer, that would be one of the more frustrating things. <laughs> You have to you have to compromise for it to work. We well, used to be able to just complain about Internet Explorer, and it was fine, and everyone understood. Mm-hmm. You can just uh, use Bootstrap, and everything works, right? Well, <laughs> strap it up. Yeah, and then everything looks like Bootstrap. <laughs> uh, so what's the experience like? There's been this. Um, this is probably extremely old news. Um, in Android, there was a big vulnerability about that it was the uh, it was like looking at a malformed MMS could like just compromise and have all this code execution. Mm. Is it how hard is it to like update one of these phones if it's running like 5.0 and you want to get to like 5.6? Well, if you have a Nexus device, you get an update straight from Google. With right. some caveats. I had a Galaxy Nexus, which was on Verizon, 
And since the like radio packages are all proprietary, um, they couldn't update the phone until they got the package from Verizon or whatever it was. They had to push it through Verizon system and it took forever and, you know, updates just died. Oh, man. You know, it's one of the things Apple did that was great is, you know, we're going to control the whole experience from like the OS to the radio to like everything's just coming through our pipe to your Mm -hmm. device and end of story. The carriers don't have anything to do with it. There was even rumors for a while that Apple was going to become a carrier, that they were going to like buy someone like T-Mobile and they were like Apple branded radio, (laughs) radio towers. They didn't end up doing that, but I kind of wonder how close they came. It seems like a bad business to be in. Yeah, it seems like a terrible business. <laughs> being a being a pipe is it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. So like with the Nexus Five, <clears throat> I can either download the update direct from Google, install it on my phone, or mm-hmm. I can wait for the OTA update to come through. But there's always the update. I can always get it straight from Google. If you've got a Galaxy whatever phone, a Samsung or any random Android device, you have to wait for the Google update, you have to wait for the handset manufacturer's update, and then you have to wait for the carrier to go through their process. Oh, whoa. That kind of sucks. So you could be waiting for like months for an important security release. Usually the security releases get pushed through a little quicker. Okay. Um, you know, there's all these restrictions because of like the randomness of the handset. You know, how much RAM does it have? What kind of processor? Can it right. even run this update? Blah, 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 blah. So lots of times they just kind of like end of life after a year or two and you don't get another update. And it's a huge, huge problem. And Google's tried to rein in the manufacturers and the carriers and tried to like get wow. everyone on the same page, but they, they just can't because it's out of their control. You know, yeah. Do, do you, is, now maybe you can confirm or Mike might know. I was uh, doing research and I came across about Android, early origins of Android, right? And is it true that Android originally was not a touch, or it's it's not a not primarily at its root a touchscreen OS? Like the touchscreen element was added in development. Yeah, I heard it was some, added later. Okay, but there's I don't know. There's some debate about when that actually happened, whether it was pre or post iPhone. Hmm. Yeah, what originally what you know looked like a Windows Mobile like on a Motorola Q or something. I think what we really need is a third player, like a, a real contender in that. But it's a hard market to get into. And yeah, I guess my, Microsoft is trying to be that third player right now. They didn't have multi-touch until 2.1 or something, 2.2, and it was you couldn't get it on every device. Really? It just yeah. detected one finger until 2.2. Whatever update. I'm not sure exactly which version, but yeah. I remember on my, because <clears throat> I had a Motorola Droid, the original one. Mm. Mm. Which I still think was a wonderful phone. Yeah, it's a um, pretty good looking phone, if I recall. Yeah, and it had a physical keyboard, which I really miss. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's the other thing about the iOS keyboard is just terrible. The Google keyboard on Android is it's so far superior. It's got the, well, go- the gesture typing, right? But it's really good at predicting your oh. screw-ups. Oh. That's the, the swipe keyboard, you mean? Is that- it's like swipe. Okay. Um, it's Google's keyboard. Right, right. Well, do you think that in, welcome back to this week in cell phones. Uh, do you think that 
the new keyboards in iOS 9 are going to be a good thing. Like apparently you can, you know, put in a swipe keyboard in iOS 9 now. Yeah, I tried a couple and they were not good. Betas. <laughs> well, it's just the the predictive engine wasn't as as good at, at detecting maybe what I might have meant. Like Google's keyboard, you do the gesture typing and let's say you're trying to type there and it it keeps putting up three or something like that. Google's keyboard would sort of intuit maybe what you might have meant even though you didn't hit the right letters or you right. weren't quite exact enough. Sometimes even going off to suggest words that didn't start with the same letter you started with. Hmm. It sounds pretty good. So there's, they've still got some work to do in that area. But you like the app experience more. In terms yeah, of like stability, like apps crash less or they just kind of oh, pre- no. behave more predictably? No, they're just, they're just nicer. Yeah. Nicer to use. Like uh, Android design is way behind <laughs> because they've changed it yeah, every, <clears throat> every major release, you know. They changed it 3.0, they changed it 4.0, they changed it 4.2, they changed it 5.0. And who knows, maybe they've finally settled into material design and that'll, that'll be stable for a few releases. But, you know, mm. you still get, like, apps where they're using old-style alerts, like from Gingerbread, <laughs> which was, you know, three years old or something. It's really all over the place. I don't even know what those look like, but they're like perceptively weird. They look different. Wait, yeah, because they changed major colors also. <laughs> I think uh, 2.0, things were maybe green. And then in Gingerbread, things had like an orange accent. Hmm. And then in 3.0, they went blue. So, so you can see like when you get like a different accent color that this button alert is from, you know, gingerbread or whatever old that sounds like something that would make steve jobs just turn in his grave (laughs) that must be really disorienting to have like oh here's an alert from it'd be like if you were on windows and like suddenly like windows 10 and suddenly a windows 7 thing came up and then like you know and then like a windows 98 box came up you're like what's happening <laughs> like, it's like when, my, when you get like some shareware haunted or freeware on the internet and yeah. like nobody bothered to style anything so you just have like the basic buttons mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what it looks like a lot of the time and you're like what how did you not update this mm. you updated everything else but this alert is now like from three years ago <laughs> maybe they lost that uh they lost the interface builder component they had to delete it because they're on. They're a developer on an SSD. They've got 128 gigabytes to work with. I don't know. <laughs> they probably just forgot. Yeah. Or or they were waiting for Google to change their minds again. Oh, I'll uh, update it when Google. Oh, changes. and then it then it becomes a battle between the de- the the dev and Google. Yeah, that's not that's not good. Why would you Why would you redo your app every year if you didn't have to? Mm-hmm. You know, why throw all of your user interface testing and planning and designing right out the window just because Google's decided, oh, this is the way apps should look now because we couldn't figure this out from the beginning. Yeah. So do we still have that Google Doc with the topics? So we've got Hangout Running Doc. Pan. We already talked about that. If unless Pan? Anybody wants to? To, uh, Pan. Oh, he's looking at the uh, spreadsheet, I think. 
I am I'm I'm looking, looking at the other one. I'm looking at several things. Andrew's looking it's, at the running dog. Tense. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a Google. I mean, a doodle. A go- Google should buy doodle and just confuse everybody. Google, Google already has a doodle, I think. Did they? they? Well, I guess that's what they call their logo. I'm listening to the wrong uh, podcast. I don't know these things. All I can find is a doc that starts with number 12. Mm-hmm. So there it is. I got mullet. Okay, can we, we can go through this like real fast. Hornworms? What is that? That sounds terrible. <laughs> well, that's what we talked about on previous episodes. So if you want to resurrect something, you can. Okay. I yeah, I, I missed a couple. I was just it's been a it's been it's been crazy. Corn dogs that uh don't eat them. Uh Dutch ovens, that depends what you mean. Seinfeld is cool, vacations are great, molts are not good. There All you right. go. All right. Well Done. thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for the show. Uh. <laughs> cowboy what does it say? Cowboy boot sandals, the mullet <laughs> of footwear. And then there's a link. Oh my gosh. Resurrecting the cowboy boot sandals. Uh, this is all new for me. Oh, I'm going to close that tab very quickly. I need All I needed was two seconds of that. Well, one thing we talked about when you were on was Tim Tams. And mm-hmm. yep. uh, someone recently found out that uh, Target has started carrying them. Really? And I have procured a box of Tim Tams from Target. And I have not tried them yet. You've never tried them. Mm-mm. Have you? I I have tried them. Um, I've I tried them uh, on the Big Island actually in Hawaii for the first time. Because <laughs> there are people who come to Hawaii from like all over the world, and occasionally you'll meet somebody from Australia or from New Zealand. And it was like some potluck I was invited to, and someone had Tim Tams, and I knew what they were um, from someone on YouTube. And I always wanted to try them, and they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Might now be a good time for you to have uh, your first Tim Tam experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to kind of describe what I've got here. Um, so I expected them to be a little bigger. I'm assuming that they're in this package vertically. I kind of expected, like, uh, Kit Kat size bars. Mm. <clears throat> We may, I may change my mind when I actually open it and see what orientation they are. You, so you actually haven't opened it, opened it yet? No, it's it's completely sealed. Do you want do you want to do you want to do it? Yeah, I'm going to do it. Good. So wait, wait, which kind do you have? You have the original, you have the caramel. I have the original. Okay, it's good to start with the original. It's Australia's favorite biscuit, Arnott's, established 1865. Really? Surely they haven't had Tim Tam since 1865. I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. Irresistibly, no, irresistible chocolate tea happiness in a cookie. Oh my gosh, this is, I'm excited. Nick, have you ever tried Tim Tams? I have not. Okay. They're pretty good. They're kind of like, they're kind of like Kit Kats, but different. So I, I think Arnott's has been around since then, but it seems like Tim Tams are fairly new in comparison. So after creating an irresistible chocolatey cookie, Arnott's needed to find a suitable name. Australian baker Ross Arnott, uh, I assume was related, uh, found inspiration in a U.S. racehorse, a racetrack in 1958 as the winning horse Tim Tam galloped across the finish line. 
Since then, Tim Tam has been one of Australia's most beloved biscuits. Named after a horse. Mm -hmm. American horse. Well, Turns out. Maybe. It was at a U.S. racetrack. So why did it take so long for them to get them over here? Sounds like they enjoyed the U.S. Probably demand. Um, I mean, they've... They're really skittish. Food companies are really skittish about exporting. There's a lot of taxes and all this regulatory crap. Uh, according to Wikipedia, which is never wrong, Tim Tams mm-hmm. were introduced uh 1964, uh, February 16th. Mm-hmm. So, s- relatively, uh, relatively recent. So mine says best before 10-13-2015. So that's kind of disappointing. That's only two days. 2015. You got two days to eat a lot of Tim Tams. But the package, slam them. yeah, the package is a lot smaller than I expected too. It's kind of like I would say four decks of cards, maybe. You mean like the box itself? Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, have you have you ripped it open yet? Nope. I'm doing it right now. Okay. Here we go. Everybody, everybody at home should be very excited. This is a Tim Tam experience. <laughs> I, I almost want to like, well, you can describe it, Mike, when you bite into it. You're going to have a much fresher experience than me, but it's, it's pretty chocolatey. It's pretty, uh, it's, a, it's a little crispy. It's not too crispy. It's not dry. Goodness, no. Okay. I see. So they are kind of on their sides lengthwise. Mm-hmm. And I've got, how many do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Tim Tams. What? One, two, three. <laughs> 11. There's 11. <laughs> prime Tim Tim. What? There's a prime. See, that's ballsy. Why not 12? Like a... Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know. I found a picture on the internet. Let's see. One, two, three. Let's see. Contents, or sorry, serving oh size is two cookies. Serving spur container, about five. There's 11 in this picture on the internet, too. I think that might be standard. Well, that bothers me. Do prime numbers bother you, Mike? (laughs) Well, if you were sharing them, then then what would you do? I think you hide one. Mm. It's because of the metric system. (laughs) You're probably right. You're probably right, Nick. I I like the number 11. Maybe I'm a contrarian, but um, it's just weird enough. It's not as cool as 13, though. What does uh, Wikipedia say about the mythology of the number 11? Let's see. You mean in general or or, or as regards to Tim Tams? Um, I I would assume it's nothing in regards to Tim Tam. Oh, I don't know. Just 11 is prime and I I just like prime numbers. There's actually a lot more mythology around the number 13. Mm. Like the Mayans regarded as a power number and there are like 13 full moons in a general year. Stuff like that. It's kind of cool. It's the smallest positive integer requiring three syllables. Hmm. This is true. This is true. But also, isn't that kind of arbitrary to English? It's true. A little bit. Oh, I crushed the bunny on that one. Okay, let's move ahead. Um, All right. Are you ready, ready to eat one? Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed I don't have coffee to try the slam. Oh, hold up. <laughs> I'm not sure this is going to fly. No, it's fine. Well, I, I'm just... Testing the cookie. I mean, you haven't had the real Tim Tam experience. Now, what? here's my question. Now, you can you can treat these as cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like uh, milk with your cookies? People go both ways on this. I've learned. 
Yeah, I do like milk with my cookies. You could, for for a slightly more rounded Tim Tam experience, you could mm-hmm. get a little bit of milk or your you know milk substitute if you're like me, mm-hmm. like 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 a, you know I like a good almond milk, mm-hmm. and that kind of gives you a little bit extra, uh, a little rounded out experience if you wanted to. But even the Tim Tam is plain is totally fine. Mm-hmm. I think I'll start this time. I mean, I've got eleven chances. It's true. So I think I'll start this time with just a plain Tim Tam, and maybe next time I'll make coffee at eight o'clock at night and <laughs> and not sleep. All right, here goes. Moment of truth. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's really good. <laughs> it's kind of creamy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pre pre chocolatey. Oh man, I am hungry now. Like I didn't think mm. I was gonna. The first bite, I didn't think I was gonna like it because of the mm. cookie in the middle, mm. crunchy. Mm-hmm. I thought it seemed like it was gonna get really dry really fast. Mm-hmm. But it's really good. Like you don't ever lose the moisture, even though it's it's mm-hmm. a dried up biscuit on the inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna compare it to like a um, what are those wafer things? Um, Oh, those like, like uh, yeah, like that come in three colors. Yeah, those ones. Yeah, I forget but what those are called. Wafer cookies. Wafer cookies. It's way better yeah. than that, though. It's just a lot nicer than that. I like a wafer. Yeah, it's it, it's not too it's not too dry. But the Tim Tam is like a level above the wafer cookie. Not to disparage the wafer. Yeah, next level wafer for sure. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, pre- pretty good. Is, is yeah. it is it sweeter than you were imagining? Is it is it not as sweet? Is it probably a little sweeter? Because um, I I have a uh, notion that other countries don't make things as sweet as we do, so I kind of expect it to be a little more bitter chocolate. Mm-hmm. But it's very sweet. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I will. I will enjoy Tim Tams again. Two thumbs up. Four. Nice. Five stars. Is it five stars or ten Woo! stars. Someone. Do the bell, yeah. Tim Tam, Tim Tam experience. You can knock that off your bucket list. Boom, <clears throat> Tim Tam's happened. Now I just have to keep them out of my family's hands. Yeah. So I'm a, this is mostly a food podcast. I don't, um, I don't know how it worked out that way. Is, is that what it's come to? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I feel so. I feel so bad. I missed the last couple episodes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna download those now. Most of our chosen titles involve food in some way. Mm-hmm. 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 Nothing wrong with that. The other thing that <laughs> we uh, have recently been talking about is Yoohoo. Yoohoo! Are you familiar familiar with Yoohoo? No. I feel like I should know what that is. Nick, have you... I don't know if you've been on a show where we discussed it. I have not, but I call it chocolate milk, where, you know, chalk. <gasps> oh, you mean those... Very okay. chalky sort of experience mm. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I've seen these. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah, you have. I would, ne- I would not drink that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also acquired some Yoohoo. Um, really? Unfortunately, I could not find it in a bottle. I've got it oh. in like a juice box. Everything's better in a glass bottle. Right. Well, I guess I could pour it into a glass. And then you could slam it with the Tim Tam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Wow. So uh, I was going to try this That's as well. a lot of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, try it. Diabetes slam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Nick, do you like these or 
Or what is your opinion of a of a YooHoo? I mean, it's not my favorite thing, but if it's around, I'd probably drink one. They're not, uh, you know, as long as you don't go into it thinking it's chocolate milk, you're okay. <laughs> right. Would Can it- I describe its uh, its color to the audience if they're not familiar sure. with this? <laughs> no. It's not, it looks like it's like a, I don't want to say grayish. It's it's an interesting shade of brown, I'll say that. <laughs> Maybe it looks better in person. No. <laughs> no. I've never had this. I'm I'm looking forward to Mike's impression. Mm. I feel like now I have to wait. I, I've still got some Tim Tam taste, and I don't want it to. You gotta you gotta you don't want to cross the streams, right? I don't clear. I don't want to be like, oh, you who's the greatest thing ever, and <laughs> I'm just really getting Tim Tams out of my teeth. What you need to do is you need to you need to clean the palate. You need a little bit of wasabi or something like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> clear it right out. Yeah. Coffee. Do you? Uh, would you like me to like read the ingredients? I found the ingredients. Would you like me to read those as you prepare? Sure. It might, might be a good like pre- pre- preparation thing. Uh, Yoohoo is an American brand of chocolate beverage. Upon distribution, uh, additional flavors besides the original chocolate flavor were added to the line. The ingredients are water, HFCS, or high fructose corn syrup, whey from milk, and less than 2%, less than 2% of cocoa, non-fat dry milk, natural and artificial flavors, uh, sodium castanate from milk, corn syrup solids, other whole oh, bunch of fun things: palm oil, gargum, xanthan gum, monon diglycerides, salt, spice, soy less than niacinamide, sucralose, vitamin A. Oh, there's vitamin A. Well, that's nice. B12 and vitamin D3. It's healthy. So I wouldn't describe it as healthy, <laughs> but you know, there's a first time for everything, I guess. I squeezed some of it out into a cup so I could look at it before I drank it. That's smart. And, uh, hmm. Yuhu always reminded me of the milk that that Luke is drinking on Tatooine. <sighs> the, like, gray water milk. Mm, that's that's <laughs> what I was going to say. It looks like gray water to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, not hmm. very excited. <laughs> it, it does not look, does not look appetizing. You know... Somehow I'm not super shocked. I, I want you to do it if you want to do it. I want you oh, to try I, it if you still want to try it. I'll do it. Okay. You Here's what I, I would twice. guess the problem with Yoohoo is that it only has less than 2% of actual cocoa. I, th- I think that's depressing. Cocoa is pretty strong stuff. So Yeah. But it's mostly so. water. And sugar, which is which is kind of true for most things that you, uh, yeah. I think I'm ready. <laughs> See. <laughs> Yoohoo shots. Um. Hmm. Well. Hmm. Are you gonna do Mr. Horse? (laughs) (laughs) Well, sir, I didn't like it. I'm trying to describe it. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Like chalk and milk. Like it tastes okay. It's not. I didn't spit Mm. it out. I'm still tasting Mm. it. Mm. I think they're also best to have very cold. Oh yeah, that's a really good point, Nick. Uh, what is it? Hmm. That sounds kind of dirty. What is the temperature of your yuhu, Mike? Um, <laughs> it's pretty cold. Yeah, I had it in the fridge. Okay, so yeah, you're getting the yuhu experience. Trademark. Introduced in 1926. This is a relatively uh, old um, manufactured product. 
I'm sure it had different ingredients. Yeah. It's like chocolate milk on the verge of going bad. That, that sounds really fair. <laughs> or maybe maybe just chocolate milk watered down. Yeah, watered down. Hmm. Hmm. Like a flat chocolate phosphate. Oof. There's no thickness to it. It's like completely watery. So apparently it's made by the Dr. Pepper Snapple group. So I guess it's not super, super shocking. As I do, I'm, as I'm not a huge super fan of that, that their products per se. But they could still surprise me. Like malted milk ball maybe? Mm. Some of that in there? Hmm. I don't remember them being malty. Hmm. Hmm. Well, how? When is the uh, the Yuhu? Yuhu might have gone south. <laughs> I was gonna say, is there oh, an expiration uh, date on this? Looking, yes, uh, nineteen ninety. Whoa, September seventh, twenty sixteen. Okay, so that'll keep for longer than a Tim Tam. Mm-hmm. Maybe it hasn't aged mm-hmm. enough. <laughs> Got to let it breathe. <laughs> it's called decanting. Here, let me aerate my my uh, yoo-hoo. Give it a swirl <laughs> your glass. It sounds it sounds vaguely naughty whenever you talk about it. I'm gonna air out my yoo-hoo. <laughs> That's a show title though, right? Yeah, I don't know. I would Yoo-hoo's. I would drink this in a zombie ap- apocalypse if if this was all we well, had. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I probably will not be picking up any more yoo-hoo. Mm-hmm. I mean, un- unless they change the the marijuana laws in my state. Really? Hmm. How? How? Uh. In In what way? Well, my understanding is they're better. Uh, if you've partaken of uh, other. Um, That's not true. No. I will refute that. Okay. You're saying the YooHoo seems better if you smoke. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. According to Jason, that's. Uh... It's bad, or <laughs> mediocre. Anyway, Jason, du, 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 du. who is who's Jason? He's supposed oh, to be here. Rye, Rye said said himself. the same thing. I don't know. There was a there was a there was a tungle or a doodle. There was a doodle tungle, and people were like, "Yeah, this time." But uh, things come up. He couldn't un- unexpectedly could not make it. Everybody at home is a little bummed out. Cookie Clicker. Sorry, I'm reading the mm-hmm. notes again. Are you fami- familiar with Cookie Clicker? I am not. I feel like I, I want to be. I'm going mm. to put this on my internet search engine. There we go. It's a video game. Okay. Just uh, sort of, yeah. be careful. Why is it addictive? Mm-hmm. Not sure I would call it addictive, but it's... Uh, is it stupid? Uh, <laughs> it's very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it will feel compulsory. So wait, you're just clicking on this cookie? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not going to do that. This is a clicker game. Well, but then when you get enough cookies, you can do buy the things on the right-hand side and you get automatic clicks. So you just have to leave it open. Okay, I'm going to close this right now before I lose time of my life. I would I would <laughs> recommend like... playing it at least once, like playing it through for uh how long have I played? So there is a through play. Yeah, you can reset and you get chocolate chips, which increase your cookies per second on your next playthrough. It it plays remarkably well for a 
for a browser game, it has pretty fast response, probably because it's JavaScript. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good way to wear out a button. But it takes, I would say it takes a really interesting turn at one point if you play, uh, I don't know, maybe a week. <laughs> okay. And by play, I mean just leave it open and buy your upgrades and, and so forth. And then it kind of plays itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. That is, that is slightly tempting. The trick is to use a trackpad and just, you know, do some yeah. pretend drumming. Or turbo mouse. Yeah. Like I, I do I do a lot of my work on that. Most of my work on a, a MacBook Air, like right now, trackpad. And uh, it's a good trackpad. Is it any more enticing if I tell you it takes a dark turn? Yes, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it involve zombies? Um, God, I hope not. Mm, <laughs> not zombies. Uh, uh, mythical creatures of some kind, I would say. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So you have to keep it open for a week? Mm, yeah, about, I think. Mm. It's hard for me to tell. I can't remember how long I had it open before I got to the really interesting parts. Okay, and then, okay, but what if I put my computer to sleep? Will uh, it pause it correctly? I have no idea. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I, have, I haven't experimented with, like, JavaScript running and then putting it to sleep. Nick, it might be you, something to try. Do you still play? No. Oh. Do you still have a, a cookie? I mean, do you still have a... Could If you opened it up now, would you still have a score? I really don't know. Hmm. I got oh, sort of uh, OD'd after the Steam Summer Monster game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to ask you how many cookies you had. All of them. Good answer. Because I'm up to 14.825 quadrillion. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's like 14,000 trillion, right? Uh, something like that. So I think it's the next one. You get billion, you buy, try, quad. After that, you get quintillion. It's crazy. Oh, I so see. It's, see. The first time I saw Cookie Clicker, I guess it was Cookie Clicker Classic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was a very long time ago. And Has it been updated since then? Yeah, now it's something I don't recognize. Hmm. Yeah, if you uh, in the upper right corner, you can go to Cookie Clicker Classic. Or the CCC. And it's uh, much plainer. Does it save your like score in a, in a cookie? I, I would assume so. I don't know what else it would save it in. I mean, considering what it is, a cookie game. I mean, like, it remembers is, is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. Bitcoins. Here, let me dig down into it, and I'll tell you. Local storage. Hmm? Web sequel. My sequel. Bearder. This kind of looking at the notes. Bearder. It sounds kind of cool. Is this like a social media app that puts a beard on a picture of you? Bearder. No, this isn't coming up. Maybe you had to be there. That'd be a fun game. Just find words that you know end with er. Take the e <laughs> out and just try to figure out what that would be. A startup. What's the startup's <laughs> name? That is a fun game. I like that. Like uh, you know. Or like a, like an assassin, you know, it's murder. If it was an assassin's website, it's terrible. Words that end with E-R. Hmm. Bearder. Bearder sounds like a great 
something. Over eager. <laughs> this uh this feels a lot like going down the uh find a URL uh, mm. rabbit hole. You looking at the you looking at the, the code? You close to the metal? No, I mean the trying to find reading off uh words that end with ER. Probably not good mm-hmm. uh podcasting. Mm-hmm. Let's play a word guessing game. One of the things that I love that we did last time was that uh, the figure out the jargon game. Mm-hmm. It was like British Australian. That was pretty good. We should probably wait until we have more people next time to do that. But yeah, Pope Rock. Pope oh. Rock. <laughs> Favorite I candies. I don't know if we have time to get into Pope Rock. <laughs> we're uh, we're at pretty close. We're just over an hour. Yep. So I think uh, I have one more question to wrap it up. Okay, let's do it. In the last episode, I asked about what kind of cars people drove. So I would start with uh, Andrew. Oh, um, well, uh, I, I, I kind of minimize the need for a car in my life as much as possible. So I don't have a very interesting answer. I sort of share a car uh, right now, and that's a is a Honda. Uh, fit, which is a great, great little car, great gas mileage, super, super safe. But um, I'm lucky to be kind of in a situation where I don't have to to drive too much, so it doesn't. And I'm I'm lucky. <laughs> I don't really like driving that much. What year is it? Oh goodness, I think it's pretty new. I think it's like 2013 or something. So you probably don't know how many miles it has. Oh, not that many. Not that many. It was, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's it's in really good condition. It's good to be in a car that's really safe, but also gets good gas mileage. Um, <clears throat> although the gas, at least around here, hasn't been too bad lately. But yeah, it's kind of a boring answer. Nick probably drives like a muscle car. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, I drive a, a Volvo S40. Volvo. What year? A 2002. Mm-hmm. How many? Whoa. 2002. That's yeah. what I expected. Uh, I bought it used after my last car got totaled. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. That sounds like a story. <laughs> I got rear-ended. Oh, man. Fun times. Mm. So how many miles? I thought it'd be like some crazy story. Like I was driving and then some some man ran out in the middle of the highway and then I turned and then I flipped 14 times and I didn't have a scratch on me, but the car was totaled. No, I live in LA, so I'm surrounded by idiots. Uh, are driving, you know, 4,000 pound death machines. Yeah. <laughs> They're driving Hummer, Hummer V2s. <sighs> one, when I got it, it had 50,000 miles on it. It was a pretty good deal. Hmm. I've always wanted a Volvo. Nice. How many does it have now? Uh, 102. That's not bad. Yeah. It's you... been uh, a decent little car. It's just uh, it's a little small now that we have a kid and mm. trying to pack things into it. Um, but, you know, I feel so very safe in it. Mm. Aside from making left turns. <laughs> a bit of a turbo lag, mm. which is not fun. Yeah, that can happen on an older car. Yeah. What do you drive, Mike? We have two vehicles. We have a 2005 uh, Ford Freestar 
which uh, was not a very popular van. They only made it for three years. Ooh. But uh, it has uh, 160,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. And we drive a uh, Toyota RAV4, which I think is a 2009, maybe. And uh, I used to see a lot of those. Yeah. It's got 120,000. Yeah, they were all replaced by Priuses. <laughs> well, we live in an area where you have to drive to get anywhere. So. Yeah. We put a lot of miles on them in a, in a pretty short amount of time. We do mm, probably 15,000 between the two a year. Oof. Oh, wow. You ever uh, drive a vehicle... And it gets to like 300,000 miles, and or, or not 300, but like, like 250 or 300, and you're like, it's amazing it's still going. <laughs> you feel like it's an achievement unlocked. Mm-hmm. You've reached this number. <laughs> I think the longest running, the highest mileage car is a Volvo P1800. Mm. It's gone over 3 million miles. Whoa! It's it's a it's a, like an like a Guinness Book car, yeah. Wow. Is that in America or in the U.S.? I mean, uh, uh, Europe or America? Leave is Europe. Because mm. you can drive. Technically, you can drive to, to you know to Africa. You could easily just go everywhere. A lot of opportunities to. <laughs> maybe not in nineteen sixty. I guess he's from Long Island. 1966 Volvo P1800, which is a car I've always lusted after. I'm gonna look up this. I'm look this up. P1800. Uh. They also made a wagon, which was pretty smart looking too. Oh, this is fancy. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on. 1966. Hmm. Go. Ooh. This looks like a car that Ferris Bueller would drive. I believe it was used in uh, The Saint, the TV show The Saint with Roger Moore. Oh, this is a pretty smart looking car. Very cool. All right, Andrew, uh, if people want to tell you about all the differences between Android and iOS, where can they get in touch with you? Uh, <laughs> please don't. Uh, the, oh, yeah, well, the main place to get in touch with me is is probably Twitter. I'm Hello Crusoe there. Um, that's the word hello, C-R-U-S-O-E. And um, then I also have a website that talks all about, which basically I have free stories that I've written are up there. Um, I'm an indie indie author, and I'm on my book. My first book's on all the stores now, so it is on uh, Truth Beyond the Sky is on iBooks, and it's a fast-paced uh, transcendental science fiction adventure. But myth.li is my website. And that's pretty much the main places you can find me. And Nick, if people want to ship you some Yoohoo, where can they get in touch with you? <laughs> uh, I am Wonder Yak on Twitter and elsewhere. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs>